We all have a story to tell. The longer our lives, the richer our stories. When I look at you, I see a woman of strength, integrity, character. A woman who has seen hardships, struggles, pain, and loss. A woman who has compassion, love, courage, and power. A woman who has succeeded, failed, and learned. A woman who will continue to persevere and thrive. When I look at you, I see a woman who is wise, not withered. Hello and welcome to the Wise Not Withered podcast. This is season three, episode number 14. Um, I'm feeling a little under the weather, so my voice might be a little croaky, but still wanted to get this monthly podcast in. So let's dive right in. Um, So my first point today is about how things take time. And I wrote down, obviously, but it really... It really is something that I am somewhat learning right now through this process of reaching out to people for interviews again. Um, I had reached out to, uh, I actually don't remember the exact process because it was so many years ago. I think it was almost five or six years ago that I did the first round of interviews for this project, for this podcast. And I don't remember how long it took to interview everybody and to get them all ready. Um, Well, and my computer fan is deciding to go nuts right now. Okay. And I'm actually going to get to that later about ideal circumstances. Um, Wow. It's really going nuts. Okay, I'm gonna... Wow, let me see if I can... (laughs) Let's see what this sounds like, actually. Okay, and we are back. I don't know what happened. I quit a whole bunch of other things that were open. Okay. Um, You know, actually, I'll talk about my last point, which fits so perfectly in with this. And that last point that I have is about waiting for things or situations in general to be ideal before even starting. So I had that moment when I was about to start recording and then my refrigerator decided to kick on and start buzzing and humming and click, 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 clicking. I was sitting here for maybe 30 seconds or so just waiting for it to stop clicking and clacking. I really don't know what it's doing what it was doing and it'll it'll probably do it again um but yeah I mean it's it's then it then becomes a delicate balance because I did just start recording anyway and I did just keep recording for a little bit as my computer fan was going nuts but then I thought you know let me actually see if I can do something about this so I feel like it's 
it's such a metaphor for this whole project in general that I do somewhat feel like I jumped into it not really not really understanding the level of commitment and effort and time and patience that would be required to see it through to completion which still hasn't happened and probably won't happen for another few years and I think it's I I don't at all regret starting it when I did because I started it at a point in my life when I realized that I really had nothing to fear um and I'll probably talk about that later, actually. Um, just this really pivotal point in my life about five years ago. Um, that really did make me start to realize, like, oh, maybe I can do all these things that I have ideas for. Um, but yeah, I wrote in my notes also that waiting for situations to be ideal or perfect really is a form of procrastination and perfectionism. I mean, perfectionism is maybe a bit more obvious that you want things to be perfect before starting, but it's also a form of procrastination because there really is, there is no ideal situation. There is no perfect podcast. There's no perfect project. There's, there's, um, I was talking about this with a coach of mine, actually, that there's no perfect version of yourself either there's just you right now and you who you used to be and the you you are becoming but there's really no perfect flawless ideal version of yourself which kind of blew my mind when she told me about that and it really it really resonates and I think that's true with this project too I think I have put a lot of pressure on myself um and have felt a lot of guilt in how I did. Um, I mean, it didn't come to a screeching halt. The the creative um, character aspect of the project. But I put a lot of pressure on myself to complete it all within like a year. While I was also working. And looking back at and I, I say it like that with just disbelief in my voice because it really was like wow how did I think I was gonna get all of that done and not get totally burned out you know I had never done something like that before and I didn't really know how to take care of myself and how to care for my energy and to not get burned out and I I actually say that as though I know now but I really don't it's something I'm working on um, actively, uh, working on in the in the way that I like to plan things, but I'm also learning how to regulate my nervous system as I'm getting things done, especially things that take a lot of effort and aren't necessarily fun in the moment, but I know I will feel good as I am making progress towards a larger goal for myself. 
And then I also want to just acknowledge that I, I really did know that this would take years. In one of my very first journals I wrote about the Wise Not Weathered Project, I did say, like I wrote down something like, I, I don't have it with me right now, but I wrote down something like, this will take years, like have patience and love for yourself. And I think I got really excited when I started recruiting artists and illustrators. And I am still really, really proud of what we did. And I'm excited to continue. Um, but I also want to give myself some grace in going a little bit a roundabout way. You know, like I said, there's no perfect version of this project. There's no re real ideal way for me to go about doing this, especially because there really hasn't been something like this, exactly like this, done before. Um, yeah, so that's my last point, but let me actually go back to how things take time. Um, So I'm not sure how long it took to do all the interviews that I did, um, but I, I believe I started posting them as, actually not as I was doing them, but after I was done with all 10 of them. But this time, um, it's, just, it's just funny to me that I said in the end of January that, oh, I'm going to be reaching out to people and doing interviews. So I, I really had in my mind like, oh, I'm going to publish an interview next. But surprise, I am not. This is not an interview. This is just me talking again. Um, and I do have a couple of interviews lined up for next month, but I probably won't actually post them until I have a bit more. So it's not just like sporadic interviews and then more of just me talking again. Um, well, actually, now that I say that, maybe that wouldn't be so bad, but I guess, yeah, I mean, just saying it out loud, maybe that wouldn't be so bad, but I do kind of have this idea that it would be nice to have a bunch of interviews lined up and then release them all kind of in succession. I don't know. We'll see. We will see. Um, okay. And then the next point that I have is um, kind of a, an interesting one that came up with a conversation of a really good friend of mine. Um, and I just talked about generational beliefs and humanizing our parents and now that I say this out loud it actually reminds me of one of the wise not withered stories um, that's called generational forbearance um, it was written as a collaboration between me and um, Heba who is from um, Gaza I believe and illustrated by, I believe it was Natalia from Argentina. 
Yeah, so that story had a lot of themes about showing forgiveness to your parents, uh, just to one's parents in general, um, and a, a step before that actually um, was the thing that my friend and I were talking about, uh, which was humanizing our parents and realizing how they are human beings who are bumbling through life just as we are. And I guess this is, um, it's a thing that happens when you grow older and you become an adult. And especially when you undergo really, really drastic changes in your life that really shift your perspective and open up your point of view to understand really heavy and deep things about your life and about the world and people in general and realizing that your parents are flawed human beings is a big part of that and um the reason the reason why this came up was actually um my really good friend has a sibling who recently came out as non-binary to their parents and my friend could see their parents really struggling to use the correct pronouns like to other people like they kept using the ones that um, their sibling used to go by and my friend was talking about how their mom was sitting in a um like in a dinner with some of their other family and kept stuttering and using the wrong pronoun and then saying, oh, wait, no, they. And she was getting really flustered. And when my friend told me that, I told her, you know, like, it's kind of cute that your mom is getting flustered like that. And it's also, I don't know, like, I, I kind of liked it. Like, the fact that their mom was getting so flustered, it just, it showed me that she was still capable of seeing herself as flawed and human and witnessing her own beliefs shifting within her in real time. Like, the fact that she was flustered about it like, she didn't just accidentally just use the wrong pronoun and keep going. She actually stuttered and said, oh, no, 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 I mean, I mean they, and got really flustered. And it, it just, I feel like it's a really powerful moment. Like, she acknowledges she was wrong and is also trying to get it right. And I just, I really liked that. I thought that was great that their mom is trying like their dad on the other hand I think is a little more hesitant and you know is like oh is this just a phase you know that that kind of um kind of typical response honestly but yeah it just I was I was kind of encouraged to hear that their mom was trying and getting frustrated at herself um 
Yeah, and I I did talk to my friend about how um, their their sibling has been out as non-binary. At least um, they told my friend um, almost a year ago, and it occurred to me that they probably waited a while to tell their parents just because they knew they probably wouldn't just be as open as accepting as my friend was you know their sibling um i guess their sister because my my friend does identify as a woman um yeah they they knew that their sister would be more understanding and yeah it's just i don't know i guess um I guess I I can feel for them how, I mean, I I, I can say I can feel for them, but I I really, I don't understand what it's like to withhold information from someone important to you because you don't know how they're going to react. Yeah, you know, I, I actually... I actually don't know what that's like. Um, but that actually does tie into my next point, which is becoming more comfortable with unknowns. And this is really um, apropos for my life right now because just to share a little bit of what's going on with me, like literally right this moment, is that I... I had every intention to move back to California where I'm originally from um, to continue working at my job as I continue to pursue my master's degree remotely. Um, But I actually realized that there's no guarantee that I have a job waiting for me back at home. And I have contacted the people I used to work for, but I realized, you know, there's actually no guarantee that I'll be able to go back to that job and I would like to be with my family but I've also made a life here like I actually I actually could see myself doing either one and that's actually not scary not as scary as I maybe would have thought it would have been And I'm just realizing that I am becoming more comfortable with unknowns. And it's kind of cool. Like, will I go back? Will I stay here? Both of them are exciting to me. And who knows, maybe I'll go back home, but then come back here later. Maybe I'll stay here a little while longer and then go back home. Who knows? And I am making efforts to make that decision but I'm also not forcing it and I'm also not pouring a lot of negative energy into it like I'm not worrying about it I'm not stressing out about it and I feel pretty calm at peace I mean right now it's kind of hard to breathe through my nose but other than that I feel pretty good Yeah, and that's pretty much it. Thanks for listening to a croaky episode with lots of 
interruptions. Well, I mean, I guess I'll actually go back and edit some of those interruptions, but not all of them. You don't need to hear my coughing fits and me blowing my nose, but I think I'll leave the one where I fixed the computer fan because I think it's just kind of funny. (laughs) Okay, thanks for listening, and you will hear me again next month. Bye-bye.